to a theater near you. I'm your host, Chris Randazzo, and I'm joined this evening, as always, by the mean one in green, Sean Doyle. I don't like Christmas. I'm going to steal all the gifts, and then I'm going to throw them off a cliff. Yeah, that's what I'm going with. <laughs> and filling in for Paul Drew, everybody's favorite ho-ho-ho, Karen Randazzo. <laughs> Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. <laughs> Uh, Paul is ill, and I've been ill, and uh, honestly, we just really needed to get something recorded for the uh, for the, the month of December, so we are having a Christmas special with a special guest, my wife, Karen, from this week's episode podcast, uh, and we're going to talk about some Christmas movies. What is your favorite? Does Die Hard count as a Christmas movie? Let's find out. How's everyone doing? Living the dream. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, it's always nice to have Karen with us. That's never happened before. It's always nice when Paul's not here is what I, it's always nice when Paul's not here is what I should say, but that's never happened before either. But, uh, God, it's wonderful. Uh, it's, you, you mentioned that I'm in green, which I am a little in green right now. I actually, if, uh, this is probably too late, but if you're listening to this and you're in the South Jersey area, Suey Lane in Epsecon has an amazing Christmas display. I'm talking 30 foot high snowman you've gone over there it's it's just what is that back in business i thought so no it's back. it's by suey lane it's actually the yard family but they've got the yard family okay yeah we know if you go to place. suey lane you'll see it. i mean you can't miss mm-hmm. it i mean from space you can see this thing they've got outside <laughs> movies going on like free concessions they're just giving away hot chocolate they've got a live actor playing mickey mouse they got a live actor playing santa claus they do pictures with kids it's way over the top and we were taking maggie over there and i figured oh I'll put on, I got a, I got a halfway decent Grinch costume, like Grinch in the Santa Claus costume. And I was like, oh, I'll wear this. And I went over there and Maggie was a little afraid of it. That's my niece. She's like one and a half. All the other kids, they were liking it. They were coming up. They were taking pictures. Everybody was happy. Then there was one kid that was a little scared. And then this three-year-old boy came up and they were like, oh, look, it's the Grinch. His parents, you know, and he took one step towards me. And then that kid turned and bolted i mean put some speed on for three he was moving right the parents had a hard time catching him before he got to the road so i was like i'm gonna go i'm gonna go this is i didn't mean to scare kids you know on halloween i mean to scare kids but not on christmas different different spreading christmas cheer all over the place aren't you that's 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 my christmas input um so yeah we're gonna talk about some 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 christmasy stuff uh Sean, what have you been doing to get into the Christmas spirit this year? And anything besides dressing up like the Grinch and scaring the crap out of children? Have you been, uh, I saw some, some pictures online. You were hanging up, uh, Christmas lights over at, uh, Cat's house. Was that what you were doing? Oh yeah. The, yeah. Cat and Tom have decided that they are going to go full bore. That's my sister and her husband. They're going to go full bore into Halloween and Christmas. They're going to ramp it up. Uh, and, uh, so yeah, buying like big Christmas stuff. They, I don't know if they're going to come to Suey Lane levels, but they, they want to head in that direction. And the, uh, the best thing they have though, they've got this like four and a half foot, five foot long Santa Claus on a sleigh with some reindeer that they found in their attic when they bought the house. Like it was left in the attic and it's straight out of like the 1970s, like early 70s, really retro, really just. And every year it's like a half hour to three hours of 
pulling on these lights trying to get them all to work like you've got to like try to rewire it you're pulling bulbs out you're like trying to clean inside to get the contacts to work and, and my little sister got them all working but every year they've been in the house like three four years and they found it the first year and they were like this is the best thing ever uh but every year it takes them hours to get that thing working but it's worth it yeah we do we do some christmas decorating around here um yeah, obviously I have. We have two Christmas trees now. I've got one upstairs and uh, one down here in the basement, which is my personal nerdy Christmas tree with all my video game ornaments. And I've just got the Super Mario star on top this year, uh, which makes me very happy. Nice, um, nice. And uh, yeah, I, I've I've always wanted to go full Griswold outside. Like it seemed seemed like a lot of fun, but I am deathly afraid of heights. So getting up on the ladder to just do the lights that we have on the house now is is quite the ordeal for me and i'm willing to do it because of my love of christmas but if i could if i could survive doing the top row on the house too that would make me so happy i just i can't do it i'm I'm deathly afraid of it it's pretty high up like it's, it's i don't blame up. you for that like, i'll come over and do it just just <laughs> You get the lights, son. Yeah, I do stupid things. Let's let's climb up on a roof. I mean, yeah. I mean, I've got the ladder. I can get. I have a ladder. I have access to a ladder that's tall enough to get us up there. It's just a matter of me being too scared to do it. But I will take you up on that because I I'm I'll do the row that we've got. But it, the house would look so much better with both rows, both floors covered in Christmas lights. And I also really want one of those classy reindeer out front of the house. You know what I mean? Like the white the white wiry wiry ones, ones. yeah, yeah, yeah not yeah. the ones that are all like filled in now the more modern ones which is hysterical when i was driving the kids to school this morning we had a big windstorm around here last night and somebody had a brand new set of those new like all filled in ones except the wind had decapitated one of them oh. <laughs> <laughs> but then it was like dangling off on a weird horrific angle but it was still all like pretty and white with a bow on it. i was like oh god that's that's disturbing. Well, you guys usually do the over-the-top Halloween thing. We do. Yeah, we like to that's, go. That's go. my jam. Yeah, mm. that, that's Karen's thing is Halloween, and I'm all for it. Uh, getting the 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 inflatables. We did have one Christmas inflatable, but it's already dead, which is obnoxious. Like the fan went. <laughs> Unlike our, um, we had the sandworm from um, uh, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. <laughs> and the fan went in that one. But it's not. I I don't have the I don't have the capabilities to crack that thing open and properly replace the fan in it. I didn't throw it out yet because maybe someday I'll be able to. I think we could do that. I, think we, yeah, we can I feel it. like we can. It's just going to take some time because the um, the fan and the lights are both powered from the same really thin cable, you know. Uh. So I don't. I'm I'm not confident that I can get the lights working again. I could definitely. I have a replacement fan, but I need to be. I need that to be able to run the lights too because if it doesn't glow, then you know. Half half the charm is gone right there. Sure, but the little uh, blow up dinosaur we have. I'm more of a non blow up for Christmassy stuff. But she found this adorable dinosaur with a Santa hat and presents, and I was gonna say no to that. The T Rex holding a present. It's the best thing ever. But yeah, I love Christmas, and we decorate on the inside, and I mixed up a bunch of M and M's and presents, and cookies are gonna be happening soon. And that reminds me, I got a bunch of M and M's in my car for you. <laughs> oh wow! All right. Well, actually, we did the we did the mix a few weeks ago with the uh, the ones that I had sitting back there behind the bar, the the honeygram ones that expired in in November. They worked out well. They didn't they didn't taste they don't taste too bad. Uh, 
they they complement the mix quite well. They're not as good as the crispy ones, and crispy seems to be gone this year, which makes me sad. Expiration is is a suggestion. <laughs> a suggestion for yeah, most especially things. on M and M's. Like, come on, Reese's peanut butter cups. Don't mess with those because then they're going to be all dry and powdery by the time you get them. They're not going to hurt you, but they're going to be kind of gross. M&M's Cadbury eggs fine. will turn on you. I'll still eat them, <laughs> but they stop being creamy inside and they turn into more of a a peanut butter texture. Um, it's not nearly as good. It doesn't sound like it, it hasn't made me sick yet. I'll eat them all year round, but <laughs> you know, come March when you're looking at a year old Cadbury, it's come it's March when they're in the store. Why don't you just go get a fresh one? Well, yeah, right yeah, before the they, fresh ones get there. How right are they lasting the that long? Ones. Like, how, how do you keep? You got to space them out. It's like the black jelly beans. You can only buy them one time a year, so you got to buy right. a bunch. You got to hoard them. You got to space them out. That's what I should start doing with the. Well, actually, what I shouldn't start doing because I'm trying not to eat like a lunatic uh, anymore. Um, but the uh, the the Reese's eggs, mm. the ones that are they're Reese's pieces, but they're super. They're like Robin's egg shaped. Oh no! Yeah, I don't know not, this at all. Yeah, these are fantastic. They're just—they're enormous Reese's pieces. They're shaped like little the little uh, robin's eggs, like this big, Ooh. and they're just full of Reese's pieces, peanut butter, and the candy shell. They only sell them around Easter, and they're not very popular. They have them always have them at Target every year. Sometimes I'll see them at Shoprite or uh, over at um, it's not Eckerd anymore. It's Walgreens. Sometimes I'll see them there, but they're always at Target, and they only sell them at Easter, and they're amazing. I love Reese's Pieces. Well, Paul's not here to do 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 do. Paul right. talks to Hollywood, so I'm going to do 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 do. Sean talks to Madison Avenue. Uh, bring back Reese's peanut butter. Only actually give us Reese's peanut butter this time. Right. What the hell's wrong with you? I was so excited when I saw that in the grocery store for the first time. I was like, "This is a jar of Reese's peanut butter." I'm in. No, this is a jar of peanut butter. Yeah. It's not the same thing. It, it, it was just a damn lie. It was just a damn lie. Yeah, because Reese's peanut butter cups are like peanut butter and tons of sugar, right? Like that's that I is, assume it gets a totally different texture. Could be crack. Could be but whatever it is. It's delicious, it and is. I want more of it. And if you sold it to me in the jar, I'd buy it. But instead, you just sold me like Skippy in a jar with Reese's on it. And I yeah. like Skippy fine and well, but you know, that's don't lie to same. me. It's not the same thing. Don't lie to me. It's like it's like buying a box of Elios and calling it calling it pizza, like. I'm going to buy the Elios, it's, it's but don't lie, yeah, don't lie to me. Don't lie to me. This isn't pizza. It's not pizza. Liars. Dare you. Spray painted cardboard that I'm going to eat. <laughs> and this is why he's only allowed to eat Elios when I'm out of town. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, I regret it every time, but I also don't. God, I love that. But stuff. I also look forward to the next time. Absolutely. I have the opposite experience with Taco Bell, though. Like, I can't do that stuff anymore. Last time I had Taco Bell, it was so unpleasant. Even though, like, while I was eating it, I was like, this is fine. <laughs> <laughs> and then afterwards, like, within an hour, I was like, oh, no. This was a bad idea, and I haven't been to Taco Bell again since. I'm not going to lie. Taco Bell is me trying to eat healthy. <laughs> yeah. That tracks. That yeah. tracks. That makes yeah. sense. <laughs> I'm not eating well enough. Let me, let me, let me try to make it more real. I like Taco Bell. Well, you know, it's it's got most of the food groups, right? You got That's what I'm saying. Your, your meat. You've got your... Is it There's beans meat? in there, maybe? It's, if it's just the taco, it's usually... Regular taco or Taco Supreme? Oh, I usually get the $5 box and so spread out my, my nutritional pyramid. 
right? right? Okay. So you get like a bean burrito. I'm like, beans? Oh, okay. All right. Come on. Yeah, beans. That's Tortillas that's are made stuff. of flour, which is like... Grains. Grain. There you go. Right? There's cheese. Cheese yep, is probably cheese good is for me. Cheese is dairy. Uh, meat or meat. The taco's got meat or meat-like product. Close enough. I'm sure it's got some of, some of the nutritional value of meat, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And then there's like lettuce on there, and that's yeah, a vegetable. That's a vegetable. And tomatoes. Right. Get out of here. Yeah. Tomatoes is our fruit. Eat, nah, I've got everything basically covered. eating salad. That's basically. Basically. <laughs> uh, I used to eat that stuff all the time in high school. How did I live? Being young. It's not where my mind went when you, when you said, what was that we all used to eat back in the day? <laughs> what was that? Half-Baked? No. What was that movie? Uh, I thought it was from Chappelle Show, but I could be wrong. Well, oh, you know what that was? Dave Chappelle, Chappelle was in Half Baked. Yeah, Dave Chappelle was in Half Baked. These are lines similar to that in Half Baked, but I think you're right. I think that was Chappelle's show. Ah, good times. All right. Well, I guess we should start talking about Christmas movies. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. We're, we're, we'll skip over the, our, our usual stories. I know Paul said he had lots to talk about with the Dungeons and Dragons movie, and we will get the Dungeons and Dragons in uh, in January. Which uh, means we'll have to hold back on our excellent e-picks. I was very excited about my e-picks. Uh, I didn't get to hear the result of the... Oh, you didn't have the vote yet. That's right, why. We haven't <laughs> had the vote yet. That's why I didn't hear the answer. Yeah. So who wants to go first? Who wants to talk about a Christmas movie? Sean does. I'm happy to go. I got a bunch to talk about here. Uh, I will... We just figured out we were doing this, so there's no real plan here. Um... I'm going to throw out some that I felt like should be mentioned. Here's one not everybody talks about. Trapped in Paradise. Trapped in Paradise? Have you ever seen Trapped in Paradise? I have not. I have so, not. We're going to start out real big, real strong. Yeah. Nicholas Cage, right? Coming in hot. <laughs> Across from uh, Lovitz and Dana Carvey. Wow. Oh, wow. That's a stacked cast. It is a stacked cast. And... They come in to this movie and do exactly what you want each one of them to do. So when you see the three of them on the box in the video store, that's right. (laughs) Right. We're going to pretend there's a video store. When you see the three of them on the box and you pick this up, you will be thrilled because you're getting exactly what you thought you were going to get when you saw the three of them standing in the snow next to each other. And it's, it's, it's heartwarming towards the end. It's got laughs all the way through. And I feel like it was very underrated and somehow got missed. There's like some sort of shitty love story between Nicolas Cage and the female lead that's real nonsense. But just, I don't know, ignore that part. And the rest of it is just wonderful. Just a wonderful, hysterical, Christmas-based movie. My question is, what is the paradise that they're trapped in? That's the name of a town in Pennsylvania. They rob a bank, and then they can't get out of the town. And then they're just like... Everybody in the town is being overly nice to them after they just stole everyone's money, gotcha. and like by the end they decide to be good guys or whatever. It doesn't matter. That's it's, it doesn't matter. Right? It's got a basic Christmas plot where like they see the light by the end, um, and but all the way through you laugh. Uh, Dana Carvey and Lovitz do great, and and Nicolas Cage I absolutely love in some movies and hate in other movies. And it's just about putting him in the right spot, you know? It, like, it, I blame the casting people. Like, if you put Nicolas Cage in the right role, 
he does a great job, but he's going to do that same job in a completely different role, and it'll be terrible because he's only going to do that one job. And in this movie, he's basically playing the straight man off of the two of them, and he does a great job of it. Like, his timing is good for dealing with the two of them, and they they bring the laughs. Um, mm. So, yeah, it's one of those ones that gets uh, it's under the radar. I think it was like late 90s, early 2000s, probably. Uh, but definitely a Christmas movie that Everybody should go watch. You will see. Ninety four. Ninety four. It's yeah. that old. Oh, I would have thought. I thought later. I think I found it later. I probably bought it for somebody at Blockbuster on Christmas Eve because when Blockbuster still existed, that was my Christmas Eve go to. Got to finish the Christmas shopping move because they would stay open till midnight. Them and Wawa, and you didn't want to do Wawa gift cards for everybody because then it's clear what you did. <laughs> so you hit up Blockbuster and just buy a bunch of videos. Wow, I'm going to have to check this out. This, Nick uh... Cage, you had one job. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like the name of this movie. And he did it well. He did it well. I wonder if it's on the Plex. All right. So there you go. That's my first contribution. Who's got something else going on in Christmas? Well, I am here for one reason only, and that is to defend the status of Die Hard as a Christmas movie now. Are we all on the same here page in the, here in this room that Die Hard is a Christmas movie? So here's what I'll say about this, this, this argument. I feel as though um, uh, I have all these lists that I do of different movies, right? Mm-hmm. And some movies are great movies, but not great in the, all the categories they land in, such as Star Wars. I love Star Wars. Star Wars is a phenomenal movie. I will watch Star Wars. I'm talking about the original three uh, and lots of the other ones I enjoy too, but the original three phenomenal movies. You know what? They're not, they're not great science fiction movies. They're moderate at best science fiction movies. So while they belong in that category to some extent, they're not great science fiction movies. They're, like they're better fantasy movies. Like adventure. Fantasy adventure movies. Right. Yeah. They're phenomenal. Science fiction is the setting. At best. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's light. Yeah, it's a, it's a spacey science fiction yeah, setting. It's, it's a sh- yeah. So they're not great science fiction movies. They are phenomenal adventure movies. They're very good fantasy movies. They're, they're great movies. Die Hard is a Christmas movie. I agree with you. Thank you. Is it the best Christmas movie? No. Does oh, it belong on a Christmas not. movie list? Certainly. Certainly. It's a very... It's a good Christmas movie. But I think just because of the... Uh, I don't know. Christmas movies got to have that that heart, like that, you know, that Hallmark bullshit wedged into it somewhere mm. to yeah. really to really to land at the top of my Christmas movie list. You got you got to you got to tug at my heartstrings at least a little bit. I love Die Hard. It's it's my favorite action movie of all time. Is it on my Christmas list of best movies? It is, but it's low on my Christmas list movies. Yeah, it's but it's not, there. It, it's there. It's, it's there. absolutely there. I agree. I think I'm with you that it is just about the best action movie. I can't think of a better one. It's flawless as an action movie. Flawless. It fails miserable being a Christmas movie because it doesn't do anything to be a Christmas movie other than take place at Christmas and have wonderful lines like "Now I have a machine gun." Ho 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 ho. ho. But it doesn't matter like, because it, because of its setting and the fact that Christmas is in fact woven into it more than just a completely tertiary background thing it does count as a christmas movie there are there they have occasional moments where they'll like 
hit you with a couple Christmas notes in the yep. background, uh-huh. right? Right. I think right as the reporter's getting punched. Lots of Ode um, to Joy happening. There is. Yeah. There are, there are several moments of Christmas music. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is the Santa suit after he, he kills the guy. He puts yep. him in a Santa suit. He gets on the plane and he's got the teddy bear for his kid for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Beastie Boys playing in the car. Yeah. Christmas. Well, yeah. I feel like almost every scene no. with the driver no, of the limo. Boys. It's, it's Run DMC. Run DMC. Like, yeah, no. But I feel like almost every scene with the uh, the limo driver. Argyle. Argyle. God. Argyle. <laughs> every scene with him, he's got he's got Christmas music going in the background. I think the one or two scenes with him at the end, they play in the Christmas music, like, you mm-hmm. know, over top of the movie. Uh, so, yeah, no, it, it's a Christmas movie. And there's a little bit of Christmas feeling in it. I'm I'm not saying there isn't. I don't think it's the best Christmas movie ever. Well, that's not my argument. Okay, but no, no, it's on but the Christmas I was movie at, list. I was at a Christmas party last week. Uh, it was a Star Wars Christmas party. It was a, like, fancy dress-up, like, black tie slash Star Wars holiday party. Very strange theme. Weird move. Yeah. Um, Chris went as uh, C-3PO, and I was R2-D2. He wore a gold suit. I had a silver dress. It was very fun. Right. Uh, and I'm I'm having a conversation at this party, and this guy has the audacity to tell me that Die Hard is not a Christmas movie, and then ran away to the bar like a coward. Gotta stand and fight. <laughs> I'll hear the other side of the argument. You gotta say it. One of the screenwriters has gone public as declaring it a Christmas movie. See, you want heartstrings? You got the the redemption of Sergeant Al Powell. Oh, all right. All right. All right. right. There's a little Christmas there. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And and not to mention, you know, the uh, reuniting of of John and Holly. By the way, Holly. Holly. Right there. Christmas movie. Right there. And I don't know. It's just not Christmas until Hans Gruber's falling off of Nakatomi Plaza. (laughs) Yo, which I know Chris hasn't gone yet, but I could bring us right into another movie. Go ahead. So I had never watched until last night, unrelated to our podcast, just happened to be, you know, fired up, trying to watch Christmas movies. I watched a movie called The Night Before. Have you seen this? No, never heard of it. Okay, so came out in 2015 comedy starring uh, three people I recognize. One of them plays Falcon in the Marvel Universe. Don't know his name. One of them plays Robin in the uh, Chris Nolan Batman series. Joseph Gordon-Levin? Yep. And the other guy has a beard, and he's in a lot of comedy movies. Seth Rogen. There it is. So, the three of them did a Christmas movie in 2015. Also, also the guy who played Hobgoblin, or not Hobgoblin, Green Goblin's son in the Spider-Man Tobey Maguire movies. James Franco. Thank you. Um, The... Oh, and Mindy from The Office. There was a lot of people in these movies. But... uh, I enjoyed it thoroughly. It was exactly what you would think of from a Seth Rogen, uh, Gordon Levitt, James Franco comedy, very much set in Christmas. And my favorite part of the whole movie, is this right? Uh, yeah, this is right. This is my favorite part. Uh, there was this character who is tertiary, uh, who played uh, a villain or at least a foil to Falcon's character. I've already forgotten his name again. Um, and uh, she was purposely mimicking 
She declared herself a Grinch. She hated Christmas, and she was purposely mimicking the bad guys from every Christmas movie that she could. So at one point, she's walking around. She's just like, sticky bandit, motherfucker, and she's got tape all over her hand, and she slams it in the charity bin and runs off with the money, right? She steals a bunch of their drugs because, of course, there's a bunch of drugs because it's that kind of comedy. Um, you know, she, she's got this coat on that's subtly reminiscent of the Grinch, right? Like, And she does a couple other things. And then at one point, they're chasing her, and she's on a roof, and she just turns around and hops up on a ledge and goes, Hans Gruber, motherfucker, and just throws herself off this roof. <laughs> I was like, this is fucking great. And I love her, and I love every moment of this movie she's in. Um, so, yeah, that movie is uh, also worth the watch. Uh, yeah. It's a hundred percent a Christmas movie in that it you know it tries to tug on your heartstrings, especially at the end. Um, it's set all during Christmas, and you know, et cetera, et cetera. It's got a lot of jokes. It's got a lot of funny parts. If you want to sit there and laugh for an hour and be at least somewhat immersed in the holiday genre, it's it's a it's a good way to go. That one is actually available to us. Okay. All right, Chris, you haven't done nothing yet. I, I piggybacked done... off hers, Fight Club. You ever right. see Bridesmaids? Yes. Not a Christmas movie. My little sister showed me Bridesmaids in like a 12-minute edited-down version. She was like, you don't have to watch this whole movie. It's not that good. But watch these five scenes. And she showed me like five scenes. And man, it just made me want to watch the movie. Those five scenes were great. But then I watched the movie, and those were the best five scenes. And the best, my, my favorite one was she was like, what if we went as Disney characters? Piggybacking on that, Fight Club. <laughs> Yeah, Bridesmaids gets a reputation for being as good as it is because it was like the first all-female raunchy comedy with a bunch of big names. Mm -hmm. And you're right, it's not that good, but it has great moments and it has a fantastic cast that just did not get the material that they needed, I think. Yeah, I I think the writers needed to spend some more time because they hit... They hit high points. That movie, I'm not talking trash on it. It had great moments. Most of it's just moderate. It's not bad. Moderate. With some great gems of scenes in there. Okay, anyway. anyway. Fight Club. Like, oh, we're going Fight Club for Christmas movie? No, I'm just trying to cue my husband. Oh. Who's watching some sort of video on... Well, no, I'm staring blankly at the trailer for the night before. Because um, I'm trying to think of, like, well, how can I possibly get to anything Christmassy from Fight Club? And I'm I'm just not, I, I'm not coming up with a segue. So I'm just going to go with my, my go-to, which I've talked about this on this week's episode before, and I'll talk about it here, too, because it is a TV movie, but it is still a movie. And it is my favorite Christmas movie, and it is The Muppet Family Christmas. Now everybody talks about Muppet, Muppet Christmas Carol. Muppet Christmas Carol is one of the best. I absolutely love Muppet Christmas Carol. Muppet Family Christmas is my absolute favorite. This was a TV special. Uh, I don't remember exactly when it aired, but it was, at the time, the only instance of every form of Muppet crossing over into one singular thing. It's uh, all the Muppets are getting in the car and they're going out to visit Fozzie's mom at a cabin in the woods. And Fozzie's mom was going to go out and get surfing lessons because she didn't know that Fozzie was coming with all of his friends. So she had rented out her house to Doc and Sprocket from Fraggle Rock. Oh, shit! So he shows up, and then Kermit and Fozzie and everyone show up, and he's like, but I rented this place. 
So all the Muppets, they, they come piling in, and there's hijinks ensue. It's good times. And then the whole Sesame Street gang shows up, right? Because what? they're Muppets. They show up caroling, and they come in, and more hijinks ensue, including a wonderful conversation between Bert and Ernie and Doc, where they come in and say, you know, hello, and like, hello, that starts with H, and they, they do all these, like, silly things about talking about letters, and Doc's like, what's going on? He said, well, where we come from? This is small, small talk. It's, it's it's absolutely wonderful, and then so the the subplot going on is that Miss Piggy is uh, trapped in the snowstorm, trying to make her way out to the cabin to spend Christmas with everybody. While they're there, Robin stumbles upon a Fraggle hole in the basement, and Robin and Kermit the Frog go in to meet the Fraggles from Fraggle Rock, and then they come back out, and Miss Piggy eventually shows up. There's a subplot about the uh, the Swedish chef who's trying to cook this turkey who showed up. And the turkey's running around saying, trying to convince the Swedish chef that everybody else is the turkey. And when the turkey is finally caught, he's like, that's it, I'm the turkey. You're going to cook me, but check this out. And he points the Swedish chef towards Big Bird, and he loses his mind. It's like, oh, I'm going to cook this thing now. So then the Swedish chef tries to murder and cook Big Bird. <laughs> but then Big Bird's super nice to him, and he gives him a bunch of bird seed. It is wonderful, and it even includes Jim Henson himself at the very end. It's just this random scene of Jim Henson at the very end when everyone's singing Christmas carols, and he's doing dishes in the kitchen with Sprocket, and he looks out at everybody. The Fraggles have showed up to sing the Christmas carols. Uh, there's a shot. There's Muppet Babies are in it, too, because Muppet Babies were an, uh, officially a thing back then. It was Muppet Babies in puppet form uh, that they watched them in, like, a previous, like, a, a an old film reel that they found. Um... And he says, I, uh, I love it when everybody comes together at Christmas, and then he, he does the dishes. And it's, it's the most wonderful thing. It's genuinely hilarious. There's a running gag about an icy patch by the front door. Um, Fozzie has an excellent stand-up partner in a snowman. Yes. So I have never seen nor heard of this, and I'm looking it up now on my phone because what you're saying is wild. And for a moment, I was like, I think Chris has done a lot of drugs, and I think he's been lying to me for years about his drug usage. But that's exactly what these images seem to suggest is happening. I, I have, I can vouch for it. I've seen it as well. And I have not, I mean, you know, I drink, but I don't well, drink. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> wow. I, I've never seen this. And now I got to go watch this. Uh, I got to go watch this now. This yeah, is my, it's, it's after tonight. And it's only an hour. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty short. Um, it is a, a freaking masterpiece because it's, you know, this was Muppets when Henson was still alive. And this is wooden. This was him at the top of his game. Fraggle Rock was just coming out, and so he, he was prom helping promote it through this show. And you know, back when the Sesame Street was still officially Muppets, like and it, kids today don't understand that there wasn't universe building in the eighties. So when your favorite characters crossed over, it was awesome. It was mind blowing. You like? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? The Ninja Turtles just met Batman. Mind blown! It's over. When Break the that Muppets, table. When I remember watching this thing, because they had, there was like an ad for it, and uh, we we watched it on TV when it aired, and the ad was like, "Oh, this this is the Muppets, and the Fraggles are going to be in it." And I was obsessed with Fraggle Rock as a kid. So when we're watching this on TV, and the Sesame Street gang shows up to start singing carols, I was like. This is amazing, and it, it's still it's it's still it brings me so much joy every year that I see it. But it was it never really caught on because it wasn't re released in America, um, like on video or anything for like ever. Uh, and it did eventually get some sort of release, but it was a very limited release, and they had like some of the songs cut out of it and stuff, um, which was pretty weird. 
I've lost my phone. Oh well, doesn't matter. Um, yeah, it's pretty wild, and it's I I can't recommend it enough. I don't know where you can officially. I think it might be on. You Disney can just Plus. watch it on YouTube. I already found it. it's forty seven minutes long. It's, you can just watch it. But right, there I'm you go. very excited about it. Yes, they did eventually. Re- so re- they did eventually release it on VHS, but. The VHS one was the VHS one was cut. The VHS oh, one that had was cut. a bunch of songs cut out of it, which I mean, I guess there's some sort of uh, rights issues with certain Christmas carols. I don't know. Who knows? It's a little strange, but um, yeah, there's it should be somewhat available now in high quality with all the songs in it, uh, and it's just a it's just a marvelous movie. It's my favorite Christmas movie, bar none. All right, I could knock out a, a couple here. I was going to mention. Uh, it occurred to me that there's like, cause now we're into like TV shows too. I know we're on movies, but whatever. I'm the, here. It's fine. It's fine. I'm, right. I'm on the TV podcast. Right. The so TV podcast is represented. So we're going to call it. This is a TV movie. So it, 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 right. it works. There's like three or four Christmas movies slash specials that were shorter than a movie that I watched as a kid that occurred to me when I was like, you told me like. An hour ago, we were going to do a Christmas special because Paul was missing. Uh, I was trying to think of, like, what, what don't we talk about all the time? There's three or four Christmas things that I watched pretty regularly as a kid. I'll still occasionally watch them. That really were just um, watered-down, crappy versions of the Halloween version. <laughs> so, like, uh, there's a Merry Christmas Charlie Brown, which is just... A crappier version of the Great Pumpkin, Charlie right. Brown. You want the, the the soundtrack's amazing, right? Sure, <laughs> we uh, have that on vinyl upstairs. The, the Garfield yeah. Christmas special, it's fine, it's good, but the Garfield Halloween special was amazing to the point where I had to memorize every word to every song, and then I would watch the Christmas one because, well, the Halloween one's not playing in December. The Christmas one is. Ernest Saves Christmas. It's a fine movie, <laughs> but you know what? It's not Ernest Saves Halloween. Or Ernest versus Halloween, or whatever it was, because that one, even though I don't know the title of it, I reference it every day. Every day I pick up my milk to add it to my coffee, and I say to myself, "Bet you didn't think I could find any fresh meak this time of year, right?" I don't reference <laughs> Ernest's Christmas movie ever, ever. But uh, that Garfield, Charlie Brown. This, I think I had another one that. They're fine. They're fine Christmas installments mm-hmm. of these, uh, you know, these franchises. But all of these kid franchises seem to just do Halloween so much better. I don't know. There's more to work with. I don't. I don't know. Well, there's no. You don't have to be wholesome at Halloween. <laughs> like you don't really have to learn a lesson or anything like that. Like Halloween can just be hijinks. It can just Christmas be fun. You don't to... need the heartstrings. Exactly. Christmas always has to come back to like, you know. Warm, fuzzy Christmas. Like, we just watched the new Diary of a Wimpy Kid uh, Christmas because that was John's pick for movie night, and it was tolerable. (laughs) (laughs) I have notes. (laughs) (laughs) It was was so poorly thought out. It was, like, the way they trapped them in their house and the way the things went, went poorly in it. I hate Diary of a Wimpy Kid in general. It's just garbage, but... Yeah, I, I would agree with you for the most part. Um, Christmas specials in uh, Christmas specials on in cartoons were never as good as the Halloween specials. I will. I don't think I've ever seen a Mr. Magoo Halloween special, but one of my other favorites is Mr. Magoo's Christmas Carol, which uh, I didn't know as a kid was actually the very first animated Christmas special. 
It was the first one ever. Um, I was my mom's favorite, and we used to watch that when we were kids. We had a VHS tape. So I don't want to break your bubble. Were you done that story? I could keep going, but by all means, continue. I'm going to burst your bubble. Uh, I'm adding that to my list because I haven't seen it. But is that in black and white? No. It is not. So when I was getting ready for this, I was sitting at the, the bar in my sister's basement because... Where you hang out. That's where I am. Uh, the Now you're at the bar in my basement. Uh, yeah, you know. Uh, I'm Irish. This is what happens. Uh, the... She reminded me of something I hadn't seen since I was a kid. And maybe it doesn't qualify as a cart holiday special, but she reminded me when we were little kids. Our dad had a uh, eight millimeter, nine millimeter, which was the reel to reel, right? And like once a year, he'd take it out and he'd show old home movies. And he had like I don't know twenty, thirty cartoon reels, right? Mm-hmm. He had a couple old science fiction movies. He had a bunch of home movies from like when we were real little, and he had some cartoon reels. And one of the cartoon reels he had was black and white and it was betty boops betty boop had a, a grandpa who's just called grandpa or grandpappy something like that and that was a character and he, my dad had like a 10 minute reel to reel that we would watch where like he comes to this orphanage that's too poor to have christmas and he just uses trash to make christmas so like he grabs like four umbrellas and he slams them together and he pops them open and that's the tree you know, and then he, he, he like pulls off his own stocks and socks and just nails them to the fireplace and makes stockings and like he just makes toys out of trash. Right. Right. And he makes all the kids happy. So that's a holiday cartoon. It was only like I, like 10 minutes might even be pushing. It might have been like six or seven minutes. Some of those old reels were short, but that was a, a very because it was still black and white. So that's a very early Christmas cartoon. Right, right, right. Yeah, there was there was definitely Christmas themed cartoons before then, but this right, was right. the first. Uh, I was the first animated like special. special. Yeah, right, it's yeah, like yeah. an hour long or something like that. Yeah, yeah. All right, all right, um, all right. That's cool. I, I hadn't thought about that for years. I told Kat we were doing this, and she was like, oh, "Remember that cartoon we watched?" Oh shoot! Yeah. Wow. Just don't Google Betty Boop. <laughs> it's just stuff everywhere. Makes me think you got porn, the way you said it. I'm just like, oh. I mean, it's definitely moving in that direction. Like, ah. I just Googled Betty Boop Christmas, and, like, the first thing that comes up is Pinterest, and it's just like, oh, like, here's a bunch of sexy Betty Boop. I'm like, okay, but I want to know about the cartoon. Betty Boop was always dressed a little risque, Right, I, guess. I think that yeah, was kind of yeah, the point. Of point. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> On the complete opposite side of the spectrum, there's no sexiness at all to Mr. Magoo. <laughs> <laughs> Says you. Says me. Uh, so, yeah, my mom had a, a VHS tape or something of this, or we caught it on TV uh, one year, and it was her favorite when she was a kid. She just uh, loved this thing, and it just kind of became a, 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 a staple in our house that every year when we decorate our Christmas tree, we put on a DVD of uh, Mr. Magoo's Christmas Carol. And, you know, it's a, it's a really distilled version of uh, A Christmas Carol, obviously, because it's only an hour. Um, but it's uh, it's really, really charming, and it's got some really, really good songs. The songs slap, honestly. Yeah, the, the music is phenomenal in, in that, and that's really a big part of what makes it so endearing. Which I music. wouldn't have guessed from Mr. Magoo. But then, in all fairness, I love the music in Garfield's Halloween special, and you wouldn't guess good music from exactly, Garfield either. Like, it's, These are not characters you would think. You would think Kermit, Mickey, they're going right, to right. bring the tunes. Not Mr. Mr. Magoo himself. Garfield. He doesn't even do a lot of the singing, but when he does, it it's not bad. Um, 
they're really touching songs. They're really, really good, good songs, um, which is what makes that special so worth watching. It's so, so good. I, I love it to love it to bits, uh, especially this. There's a song at the end that my sister and I used to crack up to all the time. It's when the, the, the thieves stole all the stuff out of uh, Scrooge's house and they're selling him to the like they're selling the, the curtains. Uh, oh, they're still warm. Pay, don't pay war- more for the warmth. All you should is the only warmth he ever had. Uh, that whole sequence, those criminals do this wonderful song about stealing pencils, and it's, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. Love that one to death. Mr. Magoo's Halloween, all right? All right? I don't know if there was a Mr. Magoo Halloween. Or Mr. No, Christmas. I don't Mr. know why Mr. I said Halloween. Christmas. I'm still Carol. on Halloween. Because you're obsessed with it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> uh, I do have to put in a, a one word for uh, Spirited, which is a sort of a Christmas Carol adaptation that came out last year from Netflix uh, with Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell. It's not great, but it's not terrible. Um, some of the songs are great. I love Ryan. You, you gotta love Ryan Reynolds. Everything he touches right. just turns to gold. Um, the problem with it is that Will Ferrell needs to be Hugh, Hugh Jackman. It would yeah. be so, we watched it last year and we were like, this would be so much better if Hugh Jackman was in the Will Ferrell role because Will Ferrell can't sing. I mean, he does a passable he, job, he but tune, he's not a but... singer. He didn't do terrible in Elf in the one or two scenes that he had to sing. Although I'm also tone deaf, so my perception of sound is meaningless. But like the singing, the singing that he had to do in Elf wasn't like singing with a a musical cast, you know? Yeah, he this I mean, this songs. is a musical version. Exactly. And so... This is a full-on musical, so the other people that are Broadway-style singing, he sticks out like a sore thumb next yeah. to it. Yeah. All like, right. Okay. I but see what you're doing, and it was it was it was a valiant effort, but like these songs needed somebody like Hugh Jackman that has that range and that gravitas behind his uh, his vocals that uh, Will Ferrell does not have. And you just kind of always associate, I do anyway, Ryan Reynolds and and uh, Hugh Jackman. Because I don't know, the Wolverine they have a, Deadpool connection. Yeah, all right, basically. Okay. Um, there's a great song in it uh, where they're talking about, like, if you want to say something to piss somebody off, but you can't really, like, um, you, you know, you can't just curse them out. You just tell them, good afternoon. And they, they do sing this song where, like, it, they say good afternoon in place of some horrible thing that you would say to somebody. And the, the people they're talking to get just offended off the charts. It's pretty cute. Yeah, it wasn't bad. I I didn't hate it. I have no interest in seeing it again, but I didn't well, hate it. You don't have to. I'll watch it by myself. <laughs> I think yeah, she plays the music around the house, and I certainly don't mind that. What do you got, Sean? You got anything else interesting and strange? Oh, I got plenty. I'm Keep ready to go. Coming. All right. Next, I'm going to go with the 1934 Babes in Toyland. You guys watch that one a lot? We don't, but I do acknowledge Remember it? it as a, Laurel and know, Hardy important Christmas March, movie. It's sometimes called March of the Wooden Soldiers, but it was Laurel and Hardy. I think they colorized it. I think originally it was black and white, and then they colorized it later. But uh, it's Laurel and Hardy at their best. It's a solid Christmas movie, and I mean it. It 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 leans bordering on uh, who's that? Uh, who's that? Like the fantasy is so heavy in it. Uh, it, it feels like uh, it belongs on a list with like 
Dark Crystal or First Trip to the Moon or whatever. Like, it's just like Laurel and Hardy are like uh, knuckleheads that don't really belong where they are. And they're, you know, they, they screw up a lot. But then at the end, they save the day by turning on these six foot wooden soldiers. There was, that was it. They were supposed to make a hundred six inch. They were supposed to make a hundred six inch, a thousand six inch tall wooden soldiers for Santa, but they made. 106 foot tall wooden soldiers and then when the bad guys attack at the end they turn them all on and the wooden soldiers march through the town just like stabbing the goblins it gets pretty gory for a christmas movie like which i don't mind yeah no it's the hotness Uh, (laughs) but yeah march of the wooden soldiers again i think it's called babes in toyland technically but i think if you look up march of the wooden soldiers you'll find it it was like 1934 I like Laurel and Hardy. I think they were great. And that's a Christmas movie that uh, I can sit and watch with kids today. And I still enjoy it because uh, Laurel and Hardy, it's one of those comedy duos that's, I mean, you know, one of those names that gets yeah. referenced all the time for a reason. Uh, uh, they're just amazing. Uh, yeah, that's 100% one of the Christmas movies I think gets overlooked, but it's definitely worth going back to. That's a good call. There's all the obvious ones we haven't talked about. I mean, right. you know, Home Alone and Christmas Vacation and Scrooge yeah. and all Christmas those. Christmas Vacation is just sure phenomenal. you can't you can't have a Christmas and not watch Christmas Vacation, right? That's That'd be crazy. How we Christmas start story. Start our Christmas Christmas right. season yeah. is watching it on Thanksgiving yeah. after yeah. dinner. After dinner, we watch Christmas Vacation. How do you guys feel about Batman Returns? Oh, I didn't even think of that one. But you're right. That's I've, right up there with Gremlins. Yeah, yeah, Gremlins is another one. Gremlins is... And, you know, Gremlins, uh, I think it starts, he's finding a Christmas gift for his kid. Mm-hmm. He gives him the Christmas gift. It's the Mogwai. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I think the next couple days, it's, like, leading up to New Year's Eve, but every scene, they're in a bar that's decorated for Christmas, they're in an office that's decorated for Christmas, because it's those next couple days right after Christmas. I think most of the movie's after Christmas. Yeah. But just days after Christmas. I haven't seen that one so long. And... And, and the, uh, the, the girlfriend who is Terry Hatcher? No, the girlfriend's famous. It might be Terry Hatcher. That's a name of a person. It indeed is. Who's in movies. Correct. What is not wrong. But I also want to call her Emma. But maybe her name in the movie was Emma. It doesn't matter. The girlfriend. Phoebe Cates. Phoebe Cates. That's 100% who it is. Phoebe Cates. Who is also in Christmas Vacation. She's the underwear sales lady. That was her? No. Yeah, no. Okay, who am I thinking of? God damn it. I just made an ass of myself on your podcast. You're welcome. You did. You did. That can't be. You didn't say the Beastie Boys were from DMC. (laughs) That's true. You're still fine. You're still doing fine. Oh, which which is funny you brought that back up because that works into what I'm about to say. Anyway, so Phoebe Cates in that movie talks about like her parents were killed by a drunk driver on Christmas, so she hates Christmas. I haven't watched Gremlins yet this year, and I could be a little off, but I think that's it. Or they were killed by a fire or carbon monoxide? I don't know. But wow, the underwear sales lady is Nicolette Scorsese, so I don't know who that is, but Probably relating to Martin Scorsese, I'm going to guess. Phoebe Cates, in that movie, her parents get killed on Christmas or Christmas Eve, whatever it is. And that might be the beginning of that trope where, like, somebody has this parent death on Christmas Eve, which I feel like has come back in other movies. And then when I watched that 
the night before the other night they played on that too and the one character the the robin from batman character his parents were killed on christmas eve by a drunk driver which might have been a direct reference to that or just playing on the trope in general but then you just mentioned batman returns no gremlins you just mentioned another trope that came out of that same movie but i forgot what trope you just mentioned oh i don't know I lost it. I completely I'm going to give you time. guys a minute by saying that it was it Fast Times at Ridgemont High that I was thinking of with Phoebe Cates, where she did like the sexy thing. Oh, coming out of the water, which is same as the. It, thank you. It's okay, all so I'm not completely crazy. It, you're not crazy. You're not. That was referencing <laughs> the yeah. Beastie Boys are not Run DMC. <laughs> Never have been. Never will be. <laughs> Who's but that I don't an think that to? I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't think that helped you come up with what you were thinking of. But yeah, the the. I that Gremlins might have started that trope. I feel like they use that a lot. The the tragedy of the parents lost on Christmas. I feel like a lot of other Christmas movies reference that. Or or play on it or whatever you want to call it. Parody. Well, to swing back to Batman, I haven't watched Batman Returns in a very, very long time. It's a mistake. Because it's, it's a wonderful movie. Wonderful movie. I remember loving it when I was a kid, but it has come to my attention that it's like kind of horrifying for a lot of kids and like that that makes sense that movie was really twisted um but it's also so very distinctly christmasy like that movie is extremely christmasy um and and any tim burton movie is both for kids and traumatizing and to children <laughs> which brings us to nightmare before christmas nightmare before christmas a yeah. christmas movie you can't forget but is also somewhat traumatizing for children my kids adore that movie. I like that movie. I don't like it nearly as much as everybody else seems to. What's this? What's this? That's a great Christmas song. It is a great Christmas song. Except he asks what snow is and then sings about snow in the same song. <laughs> <laughs> We're not here for lyrical analysis. We're here for holiday joy. Indeed. And honestly, one of my go-tos, and I'm almost done watching it this year for the first time. I think, I've, I, think I skipped it the last year or two. Uh, but uh, it's uh, the Mystery Science Theater 3000 Santa Claus Conquers the Martians. Oh. It's just top-notch. There's, as far as I know, there's three Mystery Science Theater Christmas specials. There's Santa Claus Conquers the Martians, which is with Joel, and it's my favorite one. Uh, Santa Claus, which is a Mike episode, which is extremely disturbing. <laughs> that is a very, very unsettling movie. Uh, and there was a newer one on the first Netflix season, I think, or the second Netflix season, um, with uh, with Jonah, and I can't remember what that one was called. And that one was pretty solid too. I haven't watched it in a long time. Which, I should watch that again. You know, I feel like I, I'm not on the internet to really feel the internet vibe on things, but I feel like that got too harsh. A, I like the Jonah episodes. They did fine. They did great. They they clearly. I, they're thriving they're still making more they're oh still... are they I, I saw the yeah. two seasons that netflix put up and i was like this is great it's oh fine. they it's left netflix work. because they don't want to be they didn't want to be beholden to a network of any kind anymore so they opened uh their own app called the gizmoplex where new episodes of mr science theater go that's 100 percent owned by them and it's still jonah uh actually it's jonah and uh the girl emily she did the live shows that were touring for a couple of years and so now they brought her into the show. So they'll switch between Jonah, Emily, and actually Joel. Oh. Uh, does episodes now again, too. Oh. I haven't seen any of them. Joel's um, my favorite. Joel's my favorite, too. Yeah. I haven't seen any of the new things because I don't have access to the Gizmoplex. 
And that's something I feel like I'm just not willing to steal. <laughs> like, if I'm going to watch them, I feel like I'm going to pay for them. Uh, the, but they, they just launched another uh, Kickstarter campaign to make the next season. So they just they keep cranking them out. Right. And I think that's great. Um, Christmas episodes, I think it's called The Christmas That Wasn't. All right, Santa Claus Conquers the oh, Martians. Oh, yeah, The Christmas um, That Wasn't. I do remember that one now. But Santa Claus, this, Con Santa Claus Conquers Mitchell? the how is Mitchell a Christmas episode? Mitchell's not a Christmas movie. Maybe they're oh, jokes. The beginning of it takes place at Christmas time. How very dare you? That no, absolutely <laughs> not. Stop that. Are you saying Santa that Claus... Mystery Science Theater made a mistake? Because I didn't think that was possible. No, this is just a this is a website. Den of Geek is claiming Mitchell is a Christmas Mystery Science Theater episode, and it's just not. Den of Geek is. Is there in between stuff is... like is Crow wearing a Christmas hat and they're talking about Christmas and the in between stuff? Maybe I don't think so. I don't remember anything like that. Santa Claus obviously is. Oh man, I'm gonna try and put that one on at some point again. That movie is so twisted. Uh, is Jack Frost a Christmas episode? I know it's like a winter themed. Ah, uh, you know, I, I'll I'll give him that one. If it that that is a winter themed movie. If you're winter themed, I don't know. I'll meet you halfway. <laughs> okay, I'll give them this one. Space Mutiny. Space Mutiny. With um, you know, you know which one I'm talking about with the big McLarge huge, and they're on that spaceship and. <laughs> Space Mutiny is one of the best episodes. Like, how the hell is that? But that was a Christmas. Because the main, uh, the, the, the patriarch figure in the show looks like Santa Claus, and they constantly make Santa Claus oh. jokes about looking like Santa. <laughs> so I'll give you that one. Uh, the Touch of Satan? Touch of Santa, you mean? Nope, Touch of Satan. I got nothing. Oh, I remember watching the, the, it. Why is it Christmas? The, the, the host segment in the beginning, they do some Christmas caroling, and then that's it, even though oh. it's July. No, I'm sorry, you don't win that one. And you don't get Girl in Gold Boots, either. How is that one a Christmas episode? I don't remember. I think they just... Oh, very much Christmas time. I don't remember that one being Christmassy at all. They're, like, all over the place here. The Christmas that almost wasn't. This one is... That's the one that I was thinking of from season 13. The Christmas that almost right, wasn't. Yeah. I remember seeing that one. But but Santa Claus versus the Martians, that's one of those ones that's so... Like, that's why that show was designed. That's, you know... That, that's Plan 9 from Out of Space, yeah. Man of Santa Face, Santa Claus versus the Martians. Santa, Santa Claus, Claus conquers, conquers the, Martians. the Martians. That's the reason they said, you know what we could do? <laughs> we could just watch movies and make fun of them. I mean, look we're at talking this. season three here. Like okay. that was early on. That's one that's uh, so so bad slash good that you don't even need mysteries. You can watch Santa Claus <laughs> conquers the Martians and really enjoy it. I mean, start to finish with your own jokes in your own head. It's great. It's it, great. It is such a disastrously bizarre movie. Oh. God, what a weird flick. But the Mystery Science Theater makes it so much better. Sure, sure. I mean, Patrick Swayze Christmas is a holiday classic. It is in this house. It is in this house, <laughs> yeah. Oh, which leads us to the Bill Murray Christmas special, which I did not like. I don't remember liking it either. I don't even know if I made it through the whole thing. But here's what I will say. Uh, my little sister, Kat, she agreed that she did not like it either. And we're both big Bill Murray fans. Like... 
there's few other than lost in translation which kind of pissed me off a little bit for the most part i love everything he does right unless it's directed by uh wes anderson, wes anderson. <laughs> i hate those movies but i like his parts in them right like i still um, enjoy him in those movies him and rushmore is wonderful I, he him in anything is wonderful bill murray is phenomenal the Bill Murray Holiday Special, I really didn't enjoy. Kat puts it on while she's like doing other things, and she says it's wonderful. She says, don't stare directly at it. <laughs> Have it on, be decorating the tree, be making things, and as you walk by, you will laugh. I, I got to try it. I haven't tried it yet this year, but she says it's, it's her go-to now. It's She's like, like a slightly more interactive Yule log. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what else you should never look directly at is the Star Wars Christmas special. Oh, so I had that marked. So not only is the Star Wars Christmas special for anybody who hasn't taken the time to watch it in its entirety, a hundred percent worth the watch. <laughs> on a, on a, it's not an easy watch. No, but it's a hundred percent on like you a sociological do. experiment <laughs> style watch, right? To say what was happening. This is drugs. A, drugs. Drugs doesn't even begin like it doesn't even begin to cover it. You can't just use drugs to excuse some of what was going on here. The scene. I, I mean, there's a lot of wonderful scenes that are just so bad. But the one where the, the grandpa, uh, Wookiee, is watching the porn on TV, if they had shown that for two seconds, and then the mom, Wookiee, came in and smacked him on the shoulder and made him change the channel, that would have been a joke. A questionable joke for an ABC children's holiday special, but you'd be like, okay, I kind of get it. It, it. You know, whatever. Grandpa puts on porn. And mom comes in and smacks him and is like, knock that off, right? Uh, Softcore porn, in all fairness. Softcore. Nothing crazy. Uh, She was a human, too, right? Like, it was like a scantily clad human. It wasn't like... Another Wookiee. It wasn't a Wookiee. I think it was an alien, but I think it was mostly human. Yeah, yeah, Right, you could see some belly. But the important part here uh, is that if they had done it for two seconds, I'd just give it a pass. I'd be like, yeah, questionable, but I get the joke. That's not what they did. You watched this woman dance for like three minutes, and you watched oh, Grandpa. I think you're selling it. I think it's at least a ten minute sequence. <laughs> <laughs> and you watched Grandpa elevate his enjoyment of watching it. Like it kept cutting back to him getting more and more excited about it. I can't imagine what executive at ABC even quickly perused this special and hit the approve button. Or signed off on it. Like, it was a big chunk of the middle of the movie. It, yeah, and it is, it is increasingly uncomfortable. <laughs> increasingly? They're like, how, how uncomfortable can we make it? It's like, what? So they just gotta fill more time. Like, it's my understanding that they had several things planned that continued to fall apart. And when I say planned, I mean like... As well as we planned this episode. (laughs) (laughs) And then things just kept going awry. And it was like, well, we've got all this time and we need to fill it. So uh, there is a new documentary about this that I am dying to watch. Uh, It's called A Disturbance in the Force. (laughs) What a great name. I don't know if it came out today or if it is coming out soon. Um... I don't think it came out today or if it's coming out already. 
uh, I can't find an exact date. It just says 2023 on IMDb. But I uh, very, very much want to watch this. Disturbance in the Force. It's an hour and a half long. Yeah, it looks like it's available now. Absolutely going to watch I, that. I am itching to watch that. In fact, I'm going to request that one from They Evan have a cream right for now. that, honey. <laughs> but yeah, the, the I remember it was I was at work. Uh, when I used to work at the uh, the FAA, uh, and it was Christmas, like the day, day before Christmas Eve or something. Nobody is doing any work anywhere, but I'm still at the office. And uh, I was like, well, now's as good a time as any. If I'm going to watch it, I may as well get paid to do it. So I popped on YouTube, and I watched the entire Star Wars holiday special. Including the cartoon of Boba Fett riding a dinosaur? Yes, Like, indeed. why did that happen? It didn't even make any sense. It was just, and now here's three minutes of this. Here's the thing we've got. Enjoy. It was pretty, it was pretty neat. I liked the callbacks to that in the, uh, the Mandalorian season one. But, uh, man, I think B. Arthur is running a space bar. Oh, yeah. The whole big musical. That's, it is such a strange, strange experience. Um, and everyone should have it. That's all, if you're a Star Wars fan, maybe even if you're just somebody who's interested in seeing how awkward things can get. There's like this really creepy. Was it Chewie's nephew or Chewie's son? I want to say it was his son, Lumpy. I think it was his son. Yeah, but the the, the little kid. Oh, uh, you know what? That's one of the great parts about it too. They don't like translate the Wookie. Yeah, no, not at all. Um, I'd say. 30 to 40% of the dialogue in the movie is in Wookiee. And completely unintelligible. And not translated. There's no subtitles. They're just like, you speak Wookiee, right? Everybody watches <laughs> speaks Wookiee because we're primarily going to tell you this story in Wookiee. And not like in the movies where like there's other human characters around reacting to what Chewie is saying. Right. So you can piece together what it is. No, nah, it's just like... Here's three Wookiees in a house, and you're going to watch this for a half an hour. <laughs> Uninterrupted. <laughs> Uninterrupted by 30 minutes English. of Wookiee conversation. Just... You'll figure it out, right? No. No, you won't. I was afraid you were going to say that everybody who likes Star Wars should watch it, because I have never had the privilege, um, and now I feel like I should, and I, I don't know that I want to. Oh, I... It's such an odd experience. It's a hundred percent. I don't think you have to like Star Wars. Just, just realize that this was something. Was it ABC or NBC? One of the major networks put out in like 1981 to try to capitalize on a popular thing. Like you could know nothing about Star Wars or hate Star Wars. Still watch this. It's, it's a sociological experience that is worth having. We'll see if this, uh, this documentary is enough. But yeah. Oh, and then that leads you into the Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special, which was straight referencing that. Uh, Not just in the name, but a couple times during it, they like they clearly were trying to do callbacks to it, which I really appreciated. And I I had this argument with my brother-in-law. He's not a fan of the the Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special. I absolutely loved it. I was like. It's yeah, it's stupid of. and corny what is, because what? it's supposed to be a 1980s Christmas special. Like, Guardians of the Galaxy is all about retro. I mean, the first one's all 70s music, second one's all 80s music, third one's all 90s yeah. music. What, what is his problem? He just thought it was corny and nonsense. And I was like, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a holiday. Yeah. It's, a, it's the, gar- listen, listen to the words, Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. 
It's right there. It's what right else there. could that possibly be? They abducted Kevin Bacon. I mean, they went above and beyond. Exactly. Like, get out of here. And oddly, that one Christmas song in the beginning is really good. It's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's some band from Texas. The old like, 97. The old 97. It made me go and listen to some of their music. I was yeah. like, this is really good. I think I, I think I like this band. I think that was, <laughs> I think it was quite joyous. Yeah. No, love it. Love I mean, it. while we're in the MCU, we should throw in a mention for Iron Man 3. Iron oh, yeah. yeah. You're not takes wrong. place at Christmas, at that, and yeah. it's got that like nice little redemption arc for Tony. Sure. And, sure. and the I kid like gets his the like, yeah. Yeah. I like that movie a lot more than most people do. I, I... No, wait. I thought... Didn't people not like that one? I thought Iron Man 2 and Thor 2 were right. the pariahs. Those get, those get pariahed. Iron Man 3 people hated because of the Mandarin thing. Which I thought was genius. Oh, no. I thought it was brilliant because you didn't actually... At first, I was a little... So, watching it, I loved it because Ben Kingsley was great. Right. Maybe a little whitewashing, but I was like, whatever. I don't know. I'm going to keep going. And then, when they made him stupid, I was like, did you just waste one of the best supervillains of all time? And then, at the end, they brought it back, and they were like, nah, he was just pretending to be one of the best supervillains of all time. I was like, nailed it. You Nailed gave me it. everything I wanted and didn't waste a great supervillain. Yes, and it took a long time to actually get, um, what was that, Shang-Chi was... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. ...ages later, and that's when you finally get it, because, right, they did that, uh, that short, uh, All Hail the King, where right. he's in jail with Sam Rockwell from, uh, Iron Man 2, which is wonderful. That, that short's one of the, they did, like, four or five shorts in there, that's mm-hmm. the best one. Oh, with, without a doubt, that's the best one. The one where Coulson beats up some guys at a gas station is really fun, but it's it neat, doesn't but do it's anything. it's completely pointless. Right, yeah. <laughs> the funny thing happened on the way to Thor's Hammer. The consultant's pretty fun, too. The consultant was good because that wraps up, that fixes the sort of plot hole that is the ending of Incredible Hulk because they didn't really have this shit figured out then. Right. And the consultant's just like, no, we sent Tony specifically so he would say no. Like, we sent him to go piss him off. Ah, uh, that makes a lot more sense now. And then there was that weird one about the, the, the two people who stole the gun. Oh, right. That was actually supposed to be like a backdoor pilot. That was supposed to lead... The, those characters supposed to be like a big deal in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or something. And then that uh, whole thing changed entirely. I see. I see. So that one's also completely pointless. Item 47. It wasn't a terrible probably. thing to watch for five minutes. No, yeah, but... it was fine. But then you never see those characters again. And it's yeah. like, oh, okay. You were building to something, and then that that fell through. Yeah, Iron Man three, good pick. Thank you. I, I gotta think get I'm something about, in here. Oh, oh. I'm about tapped. Other on, I can't think of any other movies that are, like. There's the ref. I was. That's one of. Yeah. The, I got three left. One of them is the ref. Okay, the ref is. Go back and watch good. the ref. Yeah, we watched that recently, and it was it wasn't as good as I remember. It was still pretty good, but it wasn't quite as good as I remembered, which made me sad. So I'm probably not going to watch that again for another decade. Okay, okay. It's been a while since I watched it, but I remember it being good. Yeah, it, it, I remember it being great, and now it was just good. It was it was a Gretham House tradition. Oh, very much so. Yeah, that was that was very a very Jed movie. A very Jed movie. Uh, I got two more uh, that I got to touch on, and. Uh, it wouldn't be... Well, so I'll just knock this one out quick. Krampus, if you haven't watched it, I only watched it for the first time like a year or two ago. It was great. I really enjoyed the hell out of it. It's Is not it? your type of movie. No. But it's really good. <laughs> it's a really good movie. The ending's great. Uh, I know it's not your genre, but 
uh, it was better than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be a terrible movie, like uh, like terrible that I enjoy it terrible. Right. But it wasn't. It was a good movie. I feel like since in the handful of years since that movie come out, um, like you see more Krampuses around mm-hmm. at Christmas. There's a local store here that does like, you know, all kinds of community events. And they had a Krampus at the store yesterday to take pictures. Talking about Farpoint? No, uh, Oddball Vintage. Oh, Farpoint um, does it every year, too. Uh, Justin, the owner of Farpoint, puts on a, an amazing Krampus costume, invites everybody in with their dogs, come take pictures. Nice. Yeah, it's just, I and we saw one on Halloween, actually. He was walking around on stilts and, like, just taking pictures with kids in their Halloween costumes. Our daughter ended up taking a picture with him, and it was really, like... She's not into scary things at all, but she was just so fascinated by him and like, what is this dude and what what is he dressed as? And I want to know more. And she she went and took a picture with him. It was very cute. All right. All right. All right. Two more. I'll end on the heartstrings. We'll do this one first. Uh, so Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Sure. Sure. Uh, Rankin and Bass. Yes. Right. They did a lot. So like... Every now and then, like, I'll go back to, like, show that to a kid or whatever, and you'll put on Rudolph, and I'll be like, where's the part where, like, the heat miser comes? Or, like, you'll be like, where's the part where this happens? Because there was, like, ten holiday specials with those same claymation characters. There was, like, the year without Santa Claus, and Santa Claus is coming to town, and there was a bunch of these things, and in my little kid brain i just kind of mixed them all together because they all looked the same because i mean some of them they were literally using the same puppets but the uh yeah that's a whole like i heard the story recently too that like the the mom of somebody who like who worked on that that she kept the puppets and they were in like her attic and then they resurfaced on antiques roadshow in like 2007 or something like really? that yeah yeah that had to be money uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Rudolph. Um, uh, let's see. Little Drummer Boy. Frosty the Snowman, though that was animated. Santa Claus is Coming to Town. Uh, bu- 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 Boy, they did a lot of things that weren't Christmas, actually. That's, that's pretty interesting. Girl in Wonder, Twice the Night Before Christmas. That was 74, but that was also animated. Yeah, I don't... Let's see, I'm, I'm already in... 1976, Rudolph's Shiny New Year, Little Drummer Boy Book 2, The Hobbit, <laughs> Rankin and Bass Hobbit, good times. There's Jack Frost, um, Rudolph and Frosty's Christmas in July? What? Nestor, The Long-Eared Christmas Donkey. Oh, The Long-Eared Christmas Donkey, I kind of remember that one. Yeah, it's a whole it's a whole big universe for you to get lost in with your kids. It's it's a whole thing you could do. Uh, like the last one was the Life and Adventures of Santa Claus in 1985. I don't remember that one, but again, there's a lot of them. And uh, in my mind, anytime I go to show it to a kid, now it's 20 years later, 30 years later, I just think of Rudolph, and then I'm like, where are those other scenes? It's because there's a lot of them, folks. And a bunch of them. <laughs> All right, and the last thing I wanted to mention, I'll tug on the heartstrings. You ready? I don't know. Ready? You get your tissues? I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to bring it down because it's Christmas. It's, a Christ- it's our Christmas episode, and it wouldn't be a Christmas episode unless we tugged on the heartstrings a little. We established this at the beginning. Is it Violet Night? 
No, a, but that, <laughs> I, I think that makes my top 20 list at this point for Christmas movies. This is a good. fun movie. It was super it's super nostalgic have, to our podcast. I have one more to mention. I don't know before if you want to end on yours. I don't know. Do you want to end on Heartstrings? Do you want to, you want to bring it back up? Uh, I'll just go ahead and jump in. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. Maybe screw up your podcast for life. If not, never have me back. It's mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you seen the 2018 Grinch? It's animated. Oh, yeah. With no. uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, Benedict Cumberbatch is the Grinch. And it's pretty cute. Um, It does a lot of, like, you know, everybody loves the original, the Dr. Seuss, the animated. Boris Karloff. Boris Karloff with the narrator. And Dahu Dores and all the songs. You, I, that's my Mr. Magoo. That's my... Sure, I'm with you. We watch that every year. But... It's just the book, basically, pretty much word for word. The Grinch, uh, with Benedict Cumberbatch, it does a lot more backstory. It kind of explains why the Grinch is the Grinch. And it gives Cindy Lou Who a lot bigger part in it, too. And, like, you know about her and her mom and her family. And, and, and our kids, you know, got turned on to it, like, when it came out. And sucked us into it. And honestly, I mean, I think it's pretty great. I really like it. I gotta yeah, go. that newer Grinch was pretty solid. Yeah, it's, don't watch the Jim Carrey I one. I hated the Jim Horrible. Carrey one. Horrible. Horrible. But that doesn't mean that all Grinch remakes are bad. All yeah. Right, right. I remember seeing that Grinch one in the theater being like, how are you going to make this into a whole-ass movie? And I don't actually remember much about the movie. I just remember that the visuals of that movie were grotesque. Like, the Who's were so gross-looking. They did that weird, like, makeup-y thing to the Who's where they made their noses into these, like, snouts, and it was just oh, yeah, yeah, really yeah, disturbing. Yeah. Like, Jim Carrey looked, I guess, pretty cool as the Grinch, but then that gave way to, as uh, Mike Nelson put it, the physical mes- manifestation of horror, the Mike Myers as the cat in the hat, <laughs> <laughs> which is the most disturbing thing I think I've ever seen. And um, so... Yeah, it was. It will always be trash for that reason alone. But and no, I feel I've, like that was when Jim Carrey was like just like a little bit past his peak. He was kind of. I feel like he was phoning in his. He didn't know what he wanted to do with his career at that point. I think. Yeah. I think he was. Was that like right before or right after Truman Show? Uh, I think it was after. Yeah. And I read a story the other day that said that it was. Uh, he was horribly allergic to that Grinch makeup to the point where they had to bring in a military anti-torture specialist to get him through filming and like give him techniques on how to endure like not not, he had to smoke cigarettes to distract himself basic through through all of filming so that he could wear this makeup wild (laughs) the things people do all right bring us back with our heartstrings hit us them heartstrings you ready so, the year is, I don't know, 1970-something. And my mother moves out of New York City with my father, and they moved to upstate New York, out into the woods. Nobody leaves New York City. Everybody, generations of family there, right? They move away. My mother's dad passes away, right? So now, again, I don't know the right year. I'm going to say 75. I'm in the ballpark. 75. It's my mother's first Christmas without her father. And they're spending it up in the mountains, away from family. She's homesick. She's sad. 
Your dad's past. You've already got my heartstrings because I know your mother. I know. This hurts. For our listeners, my mom's the nicest person there ever was, right? So, and she said, all right. So she turns on, it's Christmas time, a couple days before, whatever it is. She turns on the TV. They're up in the mountains in New York in the 70s. There's like two channels that come in, right? You know, because they're using antennas, because right. whatever. She's flicking back and forth between the two channels, I guess. That's channel surfing back then. Uh, and there's a black and white movie, made for TV, holiday movie comes on. It's called The Wish, right? Uh, she stops on that one because uh, it's in the middle or whatever, but she know- she recognizes the block. Right? It's a shot of Brooklyn, and it's right near where she grew up. So she's like, oh, that's, that's my hometown. That's, you know, a couple streets down from where I grew up. Right? She's like, I know that street corner. She's like, oh. She starts watching it. Right? And the movie's about, I don't know, some guy, like, goes to war, and he comes home, and he's upset, and it's Christmas time, and he, like, walks around the neighborhood talking to people he knew before he went, and, I don't know, has a Christmas thing happen or whatever. Right? Fine. Great. Uh, so she's watching it and it's, it's really helping her, right? It's helping her because he's walking around her neighborhood, right? So right there, this is a Christmas miracle. She's homesick. She's sad. She turns on the TV and here's a tour of her neighborhood, right? That's pretty magical right there, right? So then he goes into a bar and she's like, oh, I know that bar. That bar is right around the corner from my house. (laughs) He starts talking to the bartender, and she's like, this guy's talking with an Irish brogue. He's, he's just, all his mannerisms, it's like, this just feels like home to her, right? Another customer comes in and goes, hey, Brick, give me a beer. Her father's name is Jim Brick, oh right? Oh, my God. And he was the bartender at that bar. Oh, my God. She researches it later in life, once the internet's a whole thing, right? She memorizes the, the wish, she writes it down. The guy who wrote and directed the movie grew up in her neighborhood. That's why it was filmed there. He got his first beer at that bar from her father. He based the character on her dad. Wasn't a major character in the movie. He was in like two scenes, five minutes. But here she is, first Christmas without her dad, turns on the TV, Christmas movie, and who's on TV but an actor playing, doing his best job to play her dad. That's wild. That's the best Christmas movie ever now. Yeah. yeah. Nailed it. Drop. You win. That's it. Good the job. Wish. 1970s made for TV movie. Probably not great for anybody else. <laughs> Moderate best, unless you grew up in Brooklyn exactly at that moment. Then it's super nostalgic. I love that. I know. I love that for her. Yeah. It was, it was the best thing there was. Best Christmas present ever. Yeah, and then, like, five or six years ago, they finally released it to DVD. Me, me, Cat, and Bonnie tracked it down and got it for her for Christmas. Good. Yeah. It was years of trying to... Oh, man. <laughs> well, not going to top that. So. Nope. That's, That's... why I was keeping that one in the yep. chamber for the end. Well done. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been a, a fun holiday romp. I hope uh, everybody watches all of these movies or, you know, avoids the ones that we were talking about that are bad. I can't remember. Yeah. Watch we the mentioned Star Wars mostly good ones. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we were... Star Wars is bad, but so bad. But so bad. It's... It does not, I can't say, I cannot physically say that it's good. No. But it is worthwhile. Sure. I, I'm really excited to watch this Disturbance of the Force movie. That's going to be great. 
But all right. Well, there, there, we, there we have it. Uh, just a quick reminder that the homework for January's episode is going to be um, uh, it's Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves, which was a, a very interesting movie that we watched. And I can't wait to talk about it with Sean, uh, with, with Sean and Paul. I hope uh, Paul feels much better. Uh, same with his wife, Sherry. I hope everybody in the house feels a lot better soon. And thank you, Karen, for joining us. Uh, I know you live here, so it wasn't miles out of your way. But thank you for uh, <laughs> thank you for chiming in and uh, enjoying this holiday festivities with us. And that is our show. Um, theater near you is a part of the Geekade Podcast Network. And if you'd like to get in touch with us uh, to share your comments, movie suggestions, or whatever, you can send us an email at mail at geekade.com. You can also be found on most social media outlets and the official Geekade Discord server, all of which can be found in our show notes. If you'd like early access to this podcast and several others on the Geekade Podcast Network, check out the Geekade Patreon, linked to in the show notes. It helps keep this show running uh, and our site shiny and clean. Thank you for listening, everybody. Uh, have a happy and safe holiday, and we'll see you next time in a theater near you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.